0: Good afternoon. This is Deacon Pat coming to you from the Catholic journey. Well, it is February 17th and today was a holiday for many of us out in the world, uh, President's Day. And so I hope many of you were able to take a day off and a day to relax and reflect and and really have just a nice, nice, peaceful day. So I hope that was uh, true for you in your life. Well, I wanted to share some ideas with you. Some things that I've been thinking about It really has to do. Well, let me back up for a minute. Um, it's a very special time to start thinking about preparing for Easter. I know we're not to, uh, Ash Wednesday yet. That is the beginning of Lent and a very special day, but that's coming sooner than later. That's going to be on February 26th. So it's just nine days from today. Nine days is that uh, special, uh, special uh, sum of days that many people think of like novenas as well but um, nine days until uh, we start our preparation uh, for Easter so uh, I want to share a couple of ideas with you that we can uh, start uh, prepping our mind for that uh, period of preparation well what I've been pondering today is some ideas about the eternal world and the temporal world and what What is common between them and what is different uh, between them and really how we think about those, uh, you know, common, the common Joe, (laughs) like myself, how do, how do we think about those things or do we even think about those things? But uh, some of my thoughts that came to mind today was thinking of the eternal world. That's really, really when we're thinking about heaven and hell, we're thinking about God, we're thinking about eternity and really The things that are ordered to God, and that's those things that I'm speaking about, heaven and hell, um, God himself, um, Jesus himself, the Holy Spirit himself, the things that reside and live in that realm that we call heaven, and then also the beatific vision. That's the way that God sees the world without any limitation at all. It's the world the way it is, the humans the way they are, the spirits the way we are, um, our souls, our spirits of our souls, the angels, even, you know, the malicious uh, devils of the world as well. It's There's no limitations. You see everything for the way that it truly is. And that's the beatific vision. And that we will not even have a glimpse of, I believe, until um, we end our time in this world. And that human veil is lifted and we can see Uh, The way in some regards that God sees. But then in contrast to that, we also have the temporal world. That's the world that we live in at this time. It is time limited. There will be an end to this world someday, but for now we're in this world. And when I think of that, I think about our earth. I think about uh, how things are ordered here on earth and that they're ordered by man. Now entrusted to us by God, but but God, you know, with our free will, <clears throat> does step back in some regards and allows us to order certain things in life for the good or not so good, which is in contrast to the things of the eternal world that are, is ordered towards God and, and by God at that point. But I also think of this temporal world as I think of our, our charisms or our spiritual gifts and how do we use those in this world. And I don't know if that's something that many of you even think about, um, you know, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. If you do think about what is your charism at a person, as a person, what are your, you know, gifts that and talents that have been entrusted to you? And what is the, when I think of the charism, I think of really our uniqueness, because each one of us is a unique soul, unique abilities with a unique plan in life. And do we really even know what those things are? or Do we recognize them in ourselves? And sometimes we can't recognize those within ourselves. And that's why I think relationships are so important. Because think of it this way. If there's some things that you've always been able to do and you've done them without much thought, it's just an ability or a talent that God has gifted you with. And you can do something so easily that you have never even given it a second thought because it doesn't mean anything to you and the difference would be is what about the other person that whatever you do with such ease they stumble with they worry about <laughs> they cannot accomplish and they think about it all the time because it's something that is not a gift to them and and they just cannot do it um, let me give you an example let's say mathematical problems Adding two plus two or the square root of nine um, and even more complex, you know, uh, equations. Let's say, you know, balancing a checkbook. Um, You're just good with numbers. I have one brother. My youngest brother is great with numbers and he calculates things in his head. He can figure things out. Actually, I have two brothers that are really good with that. And um, and I don't think that they even see that as a gift in themselves because they've always been that way. Now, I know other people that I'm surprised sometimes because they're intelligent, but they'll ask sometimes very, very simple, simple, basic arithmetic questions. And I see them struggling to try to figure those out. And again, these are not unintelligent people, but they're they are they're keenly aware <laughs> that that is not their talent and that is not their gift. Um, and And they're aware of that. Now, where I'm going with this is, it's in the relationships with others that we can help point out to some people where they really shine and where their gifts are, and maybe that they should use those gifts to uh, help uh, humanity. And they might not even be aware that they do excel in that area because they haven't given it a second thought. So I think it's worth, you know, discerning in our life and looking at what our gifts might be, but also doing that in some sense of a community or relationship with others where we can help each other identify where our strengths, our talents, and our gifts are so we can use those to really help others in the world. So some other thoughts I was thinking about, though, is... um, I guess, some of the obstacles that we have in life and one that all comes to mind because I, I hear it quite frequently and maybe maybe more so living in California than some other places. But, you know, as as things are becoming more globalized, um, I don't think that um, as evident as it was before that you have many places that are uniquely different Than other places. Now, let me take that back. There are there are many places that are, but I think that's becoming less and less so to some extent as time goes on, as we have different you know media's, um, different John, different different sorts of medium. I guess I should say that uh, that really can can flow. Um, to all areas of, of really the globe and that's shared and it does have impact and and I think that happens with the use of the internet with the use of television now social media and just all the other technologies that we have it doesn't just stay isolated in one place it immediately can travel and affect all other parts of the world I think we saw that quite a few years ago in Guatemala we saw it as a very isolated place but as technology became more prevalent and and cheaper. Even some of these remote places, the people had uh, televisions. um, And then they also started having some cell phones. And with that becomes the influences of that. And we started seeing even in some of these very rural areas where, gosh, maybe 15 years prior to to the time period that I'm talking about, most of the people were still wearing all of the uh, woven indigenous clothing and I could see after visiting Guatemala on an annual basis for 10 years that was slowly transitioning to more American type clothing and really the only influence they had was really from the TVs and the, and, and uh, some of the technology of the cell phones, but started really with with the TV. Um, where they could start mimicking what they were seeing in, in the United States because they didn't have that many visitors coming from you know, other places. So I just really saw how that was affecting them. So my thought is uh, one of the uh, obstacles that I'm seeing is really this ideology or ideal that everything is good in life, that there really isn't a right or wrong, that it's really up to that individual's perception if something is good or bad. And and I think that ideology can be so harmful because there really is truth in life. There are things that are good and bad. There are things that are moral or immoral. But when people start justifying that uh, that might be that way for you, but I don't see it that way, that's not my perception, and both of these perceptions carry equal weight, um because all is good can very be da- very dangerous for society because then what what progresses from that is i think this idea of tolerance and being tolerant being tolerant means that um everything has equal weight in dignity and correctness and that who is one to judge if something is right or wrong um, that might even trans, transcend that in some regards of truly being tolerant, maybe means that we don't even care (laughs) we don't even care what the person thinks and that's even worse yet but that idea of being tolerant and that has really just exploded in, in our culture over the last decade that everybody should be tolerant and respectful of of other people's ideas and wishes and desires because it's all good and it's all equal which is not true because then we're losing really um the, you know, the foundation of who we are as Christians and, and really why did Jesus come, you know, to earth? I mean, he came for a variety of reasons. One was really to, to be our redeemer and our savior and, and to really, you know, take back and, and, uh, you know, the, uh, the ills of that original sin and, and, uh, open up, you know, heaven as an opportunity for us and to allow us to really, uh, Uh, gain eternal life. Uh, I think that was the primary uh, reason that he came. But also he came was to reveal, it was was God's way of completely revealing to the world who God was. And that was in the birth and life and the teachings of Jesus Christ. He came and completely revealed himself to us of who he is um, in the best way that he could by sending himself, really, in the form of Jesus Christ, to us to show us and to teach us the way, and there is our example. <laughs> and I guess if you go backwards, it's it's you know been uh, slowly revealed to us, you know, through the Old Testaments and through the prophets, um, and, uh, and over time. But it was in in completeness uh, revealed to us when God came himself in the form of Jesus Christ. So those are just some of my ponderings for the day. And I was thinking that um, it's time for me to start preparing and thinking about what does this Easter or this Lent, um, what is it going to look like for me this year? And I think I need to take at least nine days <laughs> to start thinking about um Where do I fit in in my thoughts and my relationship with the eternal world? And then where am I in regards to my status of the temporal world? I think we have to have one foot or at least an anchor in each of these worlds. Because if we put all of our attention towards the eternal world, heaven, hell, God, eternity, how things are ordered to God, that if we completely put our focus towards that eternal world, then we're leaving behind the temporal world. And the temporal world is where we are in the here and the now, and how we relate to others, how we're using our talents, how we're discerning what our charism is, and how we can share that with others for the good of others and to live in community. Now, if we spend all of our attention in this temporal world, Of things of the world we can often and so easily lose sight of the eternal world and it's the eternal world which is our goal in life to use things of this temporal world to help us along our journey uh, to prepare us for that eternal world but also it is our responsibility to help those that God has placed in our life and entrusted to us to help them along the journey as well And so as you see, as I've shared some of these thoughts with you, you can easily tell that um, sometimes these things that are holy and sacred are not just isolated in the eternal world or the temporal world, but they actually flow back and forth. There are many things in the temporal world that are holy, and it only makes sense that the things of the eternal world are holy. But our relationships with our spouses, with our children, with how we really interact with others in this life can be holy and sacred and should be holy and sacred as well. So give you some things to think about. Those are some of the things that I'm thinking about as well. And I hope uh, you can start planning for just this tremendous uh, Lent this year and that you grow ever so close to Christ. And with that is where we find our true freedom, our love, our forgiveness, our patience patience, the virtue that we can develop in our life, and we can just start feeling complete and whole. Have a beautiful day and have a blessed week. And until I talk to you next week, God bless.